This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, one whom we don't talk to often enough, but we ought to talk to much more, especially now that the latest jobs report has come out. And our White House also did a report on pandemic shifts in Black employment and wages. I want to get, in, get into that. He also will share with us some of his insight on what's happening with the Federal Reserve and inflation. Professor, uh, in fact, former chair of the Department of Economics at Howard University, also the chief economist currently for the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, better known as the AFL-CIO, our dear brother, rocking his Howard University sweatshirt, uh, the Mecca, uh, the HU, uh, William Professor, Dr. William Spriggs. Hey, brother, how are you? I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And we appreciate having you. We couldn't make it without uh, your erudition and your expertise. Um, first of all, uh, on the, the latest jobs report, uh, since that it, it just happened, um, the, the, we took look at um, African-American unemployment rates. On the one hand, um, jobs have recovered almost to pre-pandemic rates and pre-pandemic em- employment. First of all, let's start. Is, is that your take that things have kind of caught back up to where it was before February 2020? Right. We are back to having the same number of people. We're a little ahead of the number of people who are on payroll compared to February of 2020. So there's still a gap because obviously that was two years ago and we should have had job growth in between that didn't take place, but at least we're back to that level. Let's understand how unprecedented that is. In 2001, when we had the, well, the recession under the, under the second growth growth, uh, 
we lost a modest number of jobs in 2001. It took six years to get back to that same level, not back to trend, just the same level. And then when we had the Trump recession in 2008, I mean, not the Trump recession, that was the George W. Bush Great Recession, but we had the George W. Bush Great Recession in 2008. Uh, it took us again six years to get back to that same level, much greater job loss. This time, we're back in two years. That's incredible. And, and it's even more incredible, given that while it was playing, I mean, we said we wanted to shut down certain industries, which hired millions of people. Um, but, but nonetheless, to get back in two years when, when we had the greatest job loss ever, uh, it's, it's really remarkable. And what's further remarkable is this comes with massive shifts of the number of jobs and where they are. They aren't in the same places. So it's not that we came back to the same jobs. We've come back to totally different jobs. We have a significantly smaller public sector, which is bad news. This is why, you know, schools just opening last week, the week before, and for a lot of students this week. And, and school systems are struggling uh, because they don't have all the teachers they would like to have. Hospitals would like to have more nurses. So we're down in some areas we should be up in. We're down in leisure and hospitality, which is mostly restaurant workers. Uh, we're still a million short of where we were in 2020. But millions of jobs have been created in other industries. And what a lot of people have done in the past is think, well, you know, the labor working isn't really that dynamic because people don't have the skills and we can't move people out of restaurant jobs. A lot of people argue, well, you can't raise the minimum wage. These people can't do anything else. This is all they can do. And we've come to find out, well, those jobs aren't there and people are fully in other industries. For Black people, uh, Black men got back to the share of Black men holding the job, which is a remarkable thing because remember what I had just said, the economy is getting bigger. So simply having the same number of jobs doesn't do it because you've got more people. So if the share of people who are employed is bad, that's the true market. And the share of Black men who are employed, that we covered about four months ago. We never, ever, ever had a recovery of the Black. We economists call it EPOP, the employment to population ratio. A lot of people think that that's the unemployment rate. Um, it's not. But, 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 but the EPOP um, is back. So, so that, that, that is an re incredible rate of recovery. And, and of course, that, that upsets a lot of people because it makes workers the winners. And uh, people don't always like it when workers win. So since you, you, you brought that, I, let, let's stay on that for a minute because I, I want you to help us understand this. People don't like it when workers are the winners. So does that mean 
that their the the private interests, the the employers, the corporations, so to speak, who are watching and witnessing workers coming back and doing better. Um, are they the ones that are increasing the pressure on the Fed to do something that would then cause uh, unemployment to slow down or, or even I mean, cause employment to slow down and even unemployment to kind of go back up? Am, am, I, am I saying that accurately? You are saying that accurately. That's exactly what's taking place. Well, what we should be celebrating is the American Rescue Plan. A lot of people said it's too much. You're helping people. You're helping households too much. You're giving too much money to them. And you remember last year, companies were whining. We can't find workers. You gave them so much money, they don't want to work. You're paying them not to work. Remember in the middle of still trying to recover when people were still struggling to, to find jobs in the black community. You can't help them get with un these unemployment benefits. They're too much. It's too much money for them. They'll be lazy. They want work. You got to stop giving them money. They, they always were like babies, like real babies. Then they have to actually work at getting people. And, and so that was their first set of, you know, we didn't like this app. Then the economy's recovered. All the workers are gone. Now they're still complaining, but the, understand where the complaint is. Everybody's back. We're back to the same level of employment. What they're upset about is a couple of them can't get workers back because they pay very low wages. These are hospitality is the lowest wage industry in America. Now, everybody who's taking economics understands if you can't find something, you gotta pay more for it. That's how it works. Just just one quick footnote, Bill. Most who took economics understand. Remember, I failed economics. <laughs> I was just putting a disclaimer out there. I didn't get it. Y'all, otherwise I'd be different. But but go ahead, please. Yes. Most yeah, so, so, so the labor market is like every other market. You gotta bid in order to get. Uh, the prices determine distribution. And if you bid too low, you don't want to bid, you don't get anything. It's, you know, that's how auctions work. You bid 10 cents for a Mercedes, you're not gonna get it. That's what that's the losing bid. So you don't get one. So what this low-wage industry is complaining about is they had lived in a world where literally millions of Americans worked very low wages, and now people have come back to industries that pay higher wages, including Black people. And th this is the key to having a labor market that is accelerated that is worker driven because in that environment, even though an employer may want to discriminate, even though they're like, I really wouldn't hire a black person, but, but when my company is expanding and I have to have workers, you know, like, like your mom used to say, you're going to eat what's on the plate. I'm not making another meal. You're eating what's on the plate. And so 
they will hire black workers. And, and in this environment, black workers have really benefited from two big reasons. One, we finally have a number of states raising their minimum wage. And this has been very important. We've not had a period like this since the 1960s. And so there are a lot of economists who think this is just, it's a tight labor market. It's not a, it's a tight labor market. It's a tight labor market. And we raise the floor. You can't simply recruit workers by being lazy and saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to take this job at $7.25 an hour, which is the minimum wage, unfortunately, in the states where Black people are concentrated. But there are enough of us who live outside of more southern states and, and some mean states that don't make sense. Pennsylvania, Iowa, I mean, why, why do they have a 725? Every state around uh, Pennsylvania has a higher minimum wage than 725. And, and, and it shows that black people in, in Pennsylvania are not making the wage gains that black people in New Jersey as in for the minimum wage is higher. So, um, so, so, so we have this, jobs are coming back, employers are hiring. We made the household balance sheet stronger. People have more savings. So before February 2020, we had this huge problem, which was a residue from the Great Recession, where people lost homes, they lost savings. We never restored to households their savings. And, and you, always heard these statistics about, uh, you know, the small share of Americans who could borrow $500 or have $500 in their account, or if an emergency hit, couldn't make a $500 payment. Well, many more Americans are in that healthy situation where they can take a little job or a little punch because they have some savings that let them navigate those kind of rough spots, including Black people. And then, of course, when the president did this loan forgiveness, a lot more black people, a lot more black people, now have uh, positive savings. So, what you are getting is a pushback against workers being able to find jobs, being able to say no to some employers who want to do loans and pay low wages. And people are finally having the wherewithal that they can demand a different set of goods. So, so we have healthy demand from the household sector. People don't have to go in debt the way that they used to in order to fuel growth. All of these are really positive things. And then add to that, that for, uh, for black workers in, in, in particular, this shift to these higher wage industries, gains in manufacturing, we lost disproportionately to white people um, when the China shop took a lot of these Balkan jobs out of the States. We're regaining some of those jobs that we lost in the Balkan. And we're finally making footballs in construction, which is good news because the infrastructure plan that the president signed is slowly coming into fruition. They're going to be these infrastructure projects and blacks are at least represented in construction. So us making some gains in construction is really vital. But 
But understand one person's victory, and we should be celebrating this because, as I said, two years is unprecedented for jobs to come back, for wages to come back. Well, if I'm a business person, gee, I don't know that I like this, except understand their fine. This is, this is the incredible part when you hear the business community bond. Their profits are at record high. The share of national income going to workers has been falling. So despite their claims, oh, workers are getting too much money, it's too hard to find them, your profits are up, and the share of the income that's going to workers is down, and you're whining. So, so when you hear that, you go, you're talking about, you're complaining about something else, because anybody who's making more money and whose profit margin is going up, and then they're whining. You know, you know there's something else to the story because that doesn't make sense. Why are you whining? And it's a power situation. They don't like that workers now, A, like unions. Union ratings are up higher than for any political party right now. You see workers beginning to organize. And what's hidden in the way that people talk about inflation. Inflation hurts you if you are someone who lends people money. Because I'm paying you back dollars, but inflation is lower the value of the dollar. The, the, the impact of inflation is about the value of the dollar that I'm paying back for is lower. So if I loaned you money and I gave you a mortgage, and there are a lot of Americans with mortgages at 4% of low. And inflation is 2%, that's okay because I'm making money because you're going to pay me back at a higher rate than the dollar is falling. So I'm making money. But if inflation is 9% and I loaned you at 4%, I'm losing more. I bet wrong. And as we found out from the Great Recession, if business bets wrong, then the rules get changed. They're always ready to change the rules. It's like, oh, this is horrible. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. And, and they start to demand that the rules be changed. And one way in which they make that clear is through the Federal Reserve the Federal Reserve controls interest rates, and the Federal Reserve has the ability to slow the economy. The Federal Reserve does not have an accelerator pedal. It only has a brake pedal. Well, the Federal Reserve slows the economy. It can tell everybody, well, we're slowing the economy and raising interest rates because if demand is accelerating, faster than supply, people are beating up prices, and we want to stop beating up prices. We want to stop inflation. So the Fed raising interest rates does two things for the banks. It sets up a situation in which the interest rate is now above inflation, which for them, more profits. And for the business owners who are whining because workers are too powerful, it throws workers off balance because now we will have workers 
on the short end of the deal. Workers will be unemployed. They'll be begging us for jobs, in which case it puts us under more control of wages. Right, 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 right. And and so this report, folks, this this leads right into the report uh, that the White House published: pandemic shifts in black employment and wages. You can Google that. It's everywhere. White House report: pandemic shifts in black employment and wages. And, and just look at some of just some of the summary. Um, uh, black workers have been shifting to higher wage industries and occupations. Wage growth for black workers has been relatively strong. Uh, and a lot of us may have missed this. I mean, this is not, these are not the type of topics that are, are covered in the news cycle in the, or in the popular news cycle. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, if, when you say that out loud, a bill and you read it, uh, wage growth for black workers has been relatively strong. That alone is going to motivate some people to whine. Like, hold up. That ain't the way this is supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> black uh, 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 employment has recovered to um, pre-pandemic uh, uh, um, rates. Um, uh, it, 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 as a matter of fact, I'm reading from the report. Black workers employ uh, nominal wage, nominal median wage growth for black workers employed 12 months apart has recently even been outpacing wage growth for other groups. Over the 12 months ending, ending in July 2022, median wage growth averaged 7.8% for non-Hispanic black workers versus 6.3% overall. Now, to get a little bit into those details, as I alluded to, um, African-Americans have been shifting to higher wage industries and occupations. Uh, talk to us about that, how that's so, and, and what's making that take place, Bill. The number one problem black workers face is discrimination. And a way, the strongest way to fight discrimination in a, in a meaningful way, at, at, at a level that matters, is to have a labor market where employers are at a disadvantage. Well, employers have to hire workers they wouldn't normally want to hire. And when that takes place, then we can compete. We have hidden unemployment. A lot of people say, well, we want a job guarantee. But, but, but what's missing from that is black workers show up, but they're underemployed. And this assumption that, well, we are low-wage industries because we have less skilled, it's just not true. So in a tighter labor market, when demand for construction is going up, when demand for manufacturing is going up, then employers are caught in this dilemma. I need workers, not you. <laughs> I mean, that guy in front of you. And now suddenly there's nobody in front of you. <laughs> and so it becomes, well, I guess I mean you. Come on, come on. And, and in that environment, you find out that our wages weren't low because we didn't have the skills. Our wages were low because we didn't have the opportunity. And I get so tired of everybody saying, well, we don't have jobs because our schools are so bad, our kids are so stupid, blah, 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 blah. No, we don't have jobs because of discrimination. And, and so suddenly, 
we get these jobs. We didn't do job training. We didn't spend billions of dollars on education. In a two-year period, these are essentially the same people we started with, but look at where they learned it when they were given the opportunity. This is all about opportunity. We have to forever remember the unemployment rate for white high school dropouts. I got to say this again because you've always like, what did he say? The unemployment rate for a white person who did not finish high school, that is the unemployment, that is below the unemployment rate for black people. Everybody wants to say, well, we don't have jobs because our kids don't learn anything in schools. This is schools that they make us kids stupid. A white person who did not finish school. You cannot claim this white person had any benefit of some super education they didn't finish. Their unemployment rate is below the black unemployment rate. Don't have a job not because the schools did something to your kid, not because our kids are stupid. The dumbest white person, the least educated white person, the white person who has no benefit of any education has an unemployment rate below black America. You don't have jobs because you don't have the opportunity. And what this report shows is, you know, everybody thought, oh, well, black people, they're just sucked because the unemployment rate went up so much if you do macroeconomic policy right. If you design a recovery from the bottom up, don't give tax breaks to the corporations. Don't make Wall Street rich with another tax cut. Put money in households. Let the households now be strong enough that they can demand goods. Not one of critical, but that. And look at what you get, a fast recovery, a recovery that is so fast and so strong that black workers benefit disproportionately. Our wages, this study is looking at the same people. The, the, the way that the Census Bureau does the unemployment rate, they ask people each month, but there's, it's called a rotation group, and they come back to verify the address to make sure that this is still a valid address. And so a lot of people, you get to see them one year later. So, so we're looking at the same person. So the same person who had a low-wage job suddenly has a high-wage job the next year. That's not because they got a PhD. It's not because they're in STEM. They were given a different opportunity. And if you run an economy where you give black people a chance, then it makes a big difference. We are the ones who face the biggest barriers to being given a fair chance in, in an economy that runs at a high rate. Well, people get to demand goods and employers are forced to hire people in order to meet that demand. Well, makes more difference for Black people than anything else because it's our most powerful tool against discrimination. Mm -hmm. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. To uh, Bill Spriggs' earlier point, folks, just want to share a little bit more from the report, which I'm sh- the White House report, which I'm sure, you know, those who are the anti-labor forces, the corporate forces aren't happy with. Um, just, just listen to this, if you would. The transportation and utility sector stands out from all other industries in terms of, of Black employment, Black participation. Um, 11% of black workers were employed in that industry on average over the past six months, a shift of plus 1.5 percentage points from the 9.5% of black workers over the same period in 2019. Uh, 19% of transportation and utility workers were black in 2019. Just over 20% are now transportation and utility workers who are black eight an uptick of 1.3%. Other industries that show positive shifts, smaller but positive, are construction, wholesale and retail trade, professional and business services. Now, what Professor Spriggs said this, this, the report also said this, he said this himself earlier. The industries with the clearest and most consistent negative shifts are leisure and hospitality and other services, parenthetically, personal care services. So you're right. Legion hospitality. Um, you know, those are the places where they're going to, you know, try to do the lower wages. And let's be clear. Oh, we're talking about. Uh, um, black and non-Hispanic, but we know a lot of our Hispanic system brothers are in Legion hospitality. And obviously they ain't running back over there either. Uh, <laughs> you know, when when if so, this report and on there, but we can just I'm sure apologize, you probably know numbers, too. Bill, if that industry refuses to come back in the way with the wages that others had, people, are, they finish with that. Um, and sometimes being at home in a pandemic and you have some time to yourself, it makes you start thinking and, you know, spend some time alone with yourself. You might earn, you know, develop, develop some self-respect. I ain't going to do that no more. So, you know, none of that helps th- this industry. So, so bottom line, Bill, and, and I guess kind of in closing, um, what, because uh, I saw you retweeted the piece about labor force participation rate and how that may affect uh, what the Fed may do. Talk, uh, talk a little bit more about that. Uh, is um, is the Fed, um, are they inclined to let this continue or will the pressure from um, the so-called job makers be too intense and the Fed will have to succumb. So far, the Fed has reacted thinking that they are being bullied by the financial sector. The inflation we are experiencing now, everybody is waking up every day, it seems, to another catastrophe, right? Today, we all woke up. There's still flooding in Rhode Island. I-95 still isn't working correctly. The major corridor, as you know, the East Coast that takes you home. Boston all the way down to Miami. And so 
a lot of people understand these disruptions. Mississippi, we see the stories about Jackson. We forget this is disrupting economic activity. The people outside of the Jackson area that currently is flooded, what's one of the major areas we produce carbon dioxide? And so, well, okay, so you don't make CO2, big deal. Except go to a, a restaurant and you want soda, you need CO2. You want to deliver something that's frozen, you need dry ice. That's CO2. So understand that CO2 is a very important chemical. We also use it to knock out animals when we want to do um, slaughter. So, so, so you're looking at a very vital thing that's being disrupted. A lot of this is tragic on the human level. I don't want to diminish law. I don't want people to lose sight of people losing their lives and their household. But, but understand has another side as well, which is economic catastrophe. The floods in Pakistan that wipe out large regions of a country that don't have a lot of resources. That's horrible. Those having to be textile workers. They're not making shirts. They're bailing themselves out. So when you get these kind of shops, no CO2. Oh, they're not making shirts. This shrinks supply and prices go up. For the Federal Reserve to suggest that they can control all of these shops, and that prices won't go up, will guarantee that prices will only go up 2%. They don't control the weather. This is not something they, they can make interest rate 500%. They can make it so you can borrow down. But that's not going to put the floodwaters down in Mississippi. It's not going to put the floodwaters down in Pakistan. It's not going to get Russia out of the Ukraine. It's not going to end the drought in China. That's affecting their ability to produce because the Yangtze River can't produce as much hydroelectric power as it used to. It's not going to the drought in America's West. So for the Fed to present that they can slow down the economy is misleading. And for them to say, this is going to inflict pain, but you'll be grateful. This, you know, Black people have heard this. This is when your parents are getting ready to equip you and tell you, oh, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it hurts you. You know, that's not true. And, and we let them use these euphemisms. Like, you know, this is just going to be a little tap. When people lose their jobs, it's not a little tap. It's a big tap. And then they want to tell us, this is, this, you're going to be better off if you're unemployed because the rest of us benefit. But the rest of us do not benefit. When unemployment goes up, wages go down. Wages are already falling relative to inflation. All of these shots have generated inflation. Well, it's very painful. And our wages can't respond to these shots. And so for a lot of people, this is, it is in fact a painful period because real wages are falling. Our wages compared to prices are falling. But to suggest that the solution is, when I want wages to fall more, like I already can't afford stuff. And you want my wages to fall by more, and that's going to help me. It doesn't help anybody. So you know, they, they, they want to tell you, well, okay, so what if unemployment does go up to 4 or 5 or 6%? The other 95% of us will still have jobs and we'll be better off. Well, the 95% of us who have jobs are not going to be better off. That puts pressure on our wages. Our wages 
will fall. You can't go to your employer and say, I want a wage increase. I mean, it's like people are losing their jobs. You want a wage increase. I can get somebody to replace you. That's not how this works. So, so do not think, because a lot of pundits go on TV and say this, well, the rest of us are going to be better off because we still have our jobs. No, the rest of us are not better off. And people are better off who still have their jobs in the seat and grow, so I can get paid thousands of times more than the average worker. Anyway, that's who benefits. So we, we have to stop letting these people use euphemisms and things like that. No, this is painful for workers. It lowers real income for all workers. And for those who experience unemployment, this is a catastrophe. It's a personal catastrophe because whatever the prices are, they're not about all the jobs. It also, this report that the White House released came out um, just before the August report. And in some areas, particularly Black unemployment in the month of August went from 6.0 to 6.4. White went from 3.1 to 3.2. Asian from 2.6 to 2.8. And then Hispanic or Latino from 3.9 to 4.5. It's probably too early to know well, maybe you know what what was going on in August. Well, 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 this is the bad thing. See, as much as these companies are playing, the data in August tell you the real story. Black workers have been shrinking away from the labor force over the last three months. Black workers are exceedingly sensitive to are you actually hiring? Because of the discrimination we face in the labor market, it's already harder for us to get a job. If employers really are not hiring, then we give up and we drop out of the labor force. And when we drop out of the labor force, we become hidden from the statistics. So, so key to understanding this is the response in the black labor market has been three months of decline in labor force participation. You aren't really hiring. You aren't really hiring because you would have hired us. And the black unemployment rate went up for the wrong reasons meaning labor force participation shrank, the number of Black people who were employed shrank, and so this is unemployment in the bad sense. Now, for white America, a similar kind of story was being told because over most of the recovery, new entrants to the labor market, people who in the previous month said, I'm not looking for a job, I'm just sitting here, I'm not really in the labor market, when they entered the labor market the following month, they were very successful at the jobs. Except in August. In August, the unemployment rate went up because a lot of white people came back to the labor market. The increase in the labor force participation was among whites, not among blacks, not among Hispanics, it was among whites. And the white unemployment rate went up because White people showed up this time and said, we want jobs. And the employer said, no, not really. We're not really hired. And so their unemployment rate went up because these people now are in the statistics because they say they want a job. But because they weren't successful, they now show up as unemployed. And, and so what the August story is telling you is, as much as companies are whining, they're not really hiring. So you hear these people, oh, look at how many job openings there are per unemployed worker. 
if all those job openings really were job openings, then when white people show up, then unemployment should be called. But white people show up and they pour us Black workers had experience for several months when we started the recovery, where black labor force participation was picking up because we thought, oh, they say they're hiring, they'll even hire us. And we showed up and they said, not you. <laughs> and our unemployment rate was going up for the right reasons, because, because we were leaning more jobs and our employment population ratio is going up. The share of us holding jobs is going up. It's just that so many of us were coming back to the labor market that our unemployment rate was going up. But these last three months, it's all because of the wrong thing. So, so what we're seeing is that hiring is in fact slowing. These job openings that you see for unemployed worker, two job openings for any unemployed worker, that doesn't mean anything. Employers don't really mean it. They just have those postings there. It really doesn't mean we're looking. And hopefully, the people of the Federal Reserve will, will understand you're slowing the job market, you're slowing hiring. And, and, and the unemployment rate, unemployment rate is from the dynamics in the marketplace. There's always hiring, there's always firing. But when hiring goes below firing, then you get unemployment going up. Uh, and the problem that the Fed has is that once that happens, they don't control where that goes. Once the unemployment rate starts going up because firms don't see demand or they're losing demand because people who lose jobs, they don't show up, they don't buy things. So what, once, once that dynamic starts, there's no telling where it goes. And for black people, you absolutely thought, oh, it's going to go. And, and that's the tragedy because the story that the naysayers are telling now, don't do what you did in 2001. Do not in 2021. Don't do what Joe Biden did. Don't get people back to work quickly. And, and what we know from before, if you don't do something to heal the households, then it takes six years. Six years of pain. Six years of lower employment, lower wages that we don't make up. I mean, you know, all these people want to say, oh, you're better off. This is like what the Fed is trying to say. Yeah, but you'll have lower inflation. Yeah, we'll have lower real income. So what? I'm not better off if my income goes down. No, not. William Spriggs, chief economist for the AFL-CIO, professor of economics at Howard University. Uh, yeah, brother, we're going to do this more often. As always, thank you, Professor Spriggs. Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, it, it is a shame we in the Black community so often get wrapped up in a kind of victimhood story that even when we do well, we don't celebrate. Mm -hmm. We actually, when you read that White House report, we actually have huge cause for celebration that things are going in the right direction. Right. That we're moving to higher wage industries. And a key point that you raised, when, when we become 20% of an industry like transportation, 
it changes the equation. Suddenly, it's not so easy to discriminate because now we're too much of the workforce. It's not like you can say, well, I don't want to hire black people. Like, that's your workers. <laughs> we become what makes that industry tick. And as much as we are underrepresented in construction, we are equally highly concentrated in that industry. We become so vital because very hard to discriminate against us. Thank you, Professor. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.